Hey, it's John from Level the Playing Field. Don't forget to follow us on our social media platforms. We're on TikTok at LPF Podcast, Instagram at LPF Podcast, and Twitter at LPF Podcast 86. And while you're at it, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on any platform that you're listening to our podcast. John, John, did you see this video of a cop who got attacked by falling acorns? Uh, no, I have not seen the video, but you, I've seen the numerous memes after the fact about how acorns just attack people. And like, it's about uh, this cop getting attacked by acorns. Or like, watch out, acorns will sneak up on you. And then like, cops pull guns on acorns. Yes. So essentially, this is what's happened, I'm assuming. That so the memes I saw before I actually saw the video were of uh, acorns replacing uh, black people as like the number one target of cops because this guy was like walking past his car and like a couple acorns fell on the roof of his car and I guess according to the video I saw which I don't know how credible any of this information is did it sound but like he, gunshots is that why he did that yeah and it triggered like a PTSD response uh, and he emptied a whole mag into the street because of this, these acorns. So people and, could literally have caught strays. Yes. And he was like crawling around after uh, claiming he's like, I'm hit, I'm hit. It was a wild video. And uh, so this person's a police officer. Yes. That's a hard, uh, hard way to find out someone is not recovered from whatever traumatic events have happened in their life. Yeah. I have to imagine that uh, they should maybe revisit the policy of just like fast tracking ex soldiers through to the police force because, like, that is an insane re- like the whole magazine just gone. Yeah, um, that's very frightening. The good news is that no one's I really don't think the way people are talking about it online. I have to imagine nobody got hurt. Yeah, um, I hope so, and but. hopefully this uh, person. Get some assistance, clearly, because that's not uh, a reaction you expect. No. So, acorns, though. They'll get you. Public enemy number one. Well, at least for that guy. Yikes. All right. So, Dave, tell us about Scotty Barnes at the All-Star Game. Well, Scotty Barnes, I don't know how much anybody uh, listening knows about like the personality of Scotty Barnes. Um, from what I can tell, he's kind of like very typical Gen Z gamer guy, like personality. He's like a 12 year old in like a grown man's body is what I'm imagining. Yeah. And he had like such a unique mixture of like just being his goofy ass self, but also being like a super elite talented NBA player at the all-star game this weekend that I think that he's going to, I think Ryakovich or Ryakovich, whatever. 
had like might be onto something about him being like the face of the NBA because I think he's gonna like there's gonna be some people who just hate how goofy he is because they want their NBA players to be hard and tough and whatever. But I think in like a more broad sense that he's gonna be like one of the most marketable players in the NBA. Like the way he was just like Well Bullway, obviously. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Like his, I don't know. He was just like had a, like a very relatable moment where he was doing the skills competition and just like dribbled the ball off his knee and had to like chase it into the out of bounds to to pick it up. He uh, turned around and like they were doing some shooting skills competition. He shot it backwards. And he, yeah, he like shot over the back of his head and <laughs> missed the net by like fifteen a mile. feet. Yeah, I saw that one. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It was just I found it funny. I thought, and but then at like at the All Star game, he in like seventeen minutes he scored like sixteen points at eight rebounds and three steals or something like that. Which it's the All Star game, so everything is crazy. But I don't. know. He's just. Uh, I think he had a like. I think he's like catapulting himself into stardom with his personality and his play. Yeah, he's definitely a guy who is likable. Like, his demeanor is likable. He doesn't seem to be broody, at least not yet. Haven't seen him get to that point in a game or with the press or with his teammates. He's kind of just like, oh, like, why does that bother you so much? That's kind of the impression it gets. Like, oh, that really affects you. Like, I'm good. Um, So, yeah, happy for the guy. He got an all-star experience. Got it early on in the career, so that's out of the way. Not one of those, like, guys that have the talent then they kind of have to grind it out and get their first appearance like year eight mm-hmm. so like is this year year four three year three good for him okay. yeah. um yeah so that's a welcome addition hopefully he can maintain this level of production and like four people get injured so he can be an all-star um yeah i'll say it um but yeah good for him you're down on scotty barnes you don't i'm not think- down on scotty barnes i just I, I'm highlighting the idea that he wasn't initially an all-star. No, but he was widely considered one of the bigger snubs as well. Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure who on that list would have been eliminated for him to make it, but thankfully well, Joel Embiid blew out his knee. And- yeah, Embiid went out, Brunson went out, Randall went out. There was one other. There was four that went down. And then him and Trey Young definitely got the call. Yeah. And I don't remember anyone else, but... There's one other. Those are the two because I, everyone was pretty bothered by Trey Young not making it, and then they showed stats of like the last person to have stats like that and not make it, and that person was also Trey Young. So that guy's just got it bad. He's down bad for not getting all stars. Well, when you're not widely re- regarded as like a hard work, like he has a bad reputation in the league. It sounds like, and if when the coaches are making the Reserve selections. Yeah. That's the kind of shit that's going to happen. So. Uh, but you don't like. I'm like very high on Scotty Barnes's future. Like top. Top 10, top five player in the league type shit. That would be lovely. Um, we, but, uh, we just I, been down know, the road. I know it would be lovely. What do you think will happen? Or they, we, do we've you been have down the road of guys that have lots of potential and it not work out for the Raptors. I think there have been more guys like that. Then there have been guys that have like become top five guys in the league. Like 
maybe it's just because Siakam was around and like he had a story that was growing into that and then he never became that. And so maybe I'm just hitching Scotty Barnes's come up to Siakam's, but I need to, again, I need to see like two more years of this for me to consider him being the guy that you see him as. I'm not, I'm not as ready to be invested. I think you're selling Siakam a little short. Like he had like, he finished like second team all NBA one year, right? And so there's like literally top ten. But also like he's a guy he started playing basketball like in his or late teens. Like I I would find it hard for someone who has that I guess Embiid also did that, right? But he won the MVP. Yeah. I don't know. Like Yeah, the I story is true. wonderful, but it still didn't pan but out. No, I don't think it was ever realistic that he was gonna reach those heights. And he almost did, anyways. Yeah, and so I think it's the same thing for Barnes. Like he needs to reach the heights. I don't want to hear people talk about. Well, he could reach the heights. No, he needs to be there. What was he, the number four pick? Mm-hmm. Yeah, be the number four pick. That's what I want to see. So not yet, not yet, not ready to uh, jump off the deep end. Deep end for Scotty Barnes. I knew John was such a pessimist. Not a pessimist. I think I just. We've heard. I, I feel like I've had too many times where like we've got these guys like oh like if they reach their potential they'll be this person. There's been like a bunch of guys like that for the Raptors throughout my loyalty to the Raptors for me to be like yep, yeah, this is the one. This guy this time. Who would those guys be? So it's Bargnani. Yeah, that was bad. Okay, that's so, one. Bruno. No, no, no one ever said that about Bruno. Bruno, they talked about his potential all the time. Yeah, his potential, but never about realistically becoming like a top player in the league. Like they called him like the Brazilian Kevin Durant or some bullshit. But like that was just, oh, yeah, that's that was just like play style. That wasn't like he could be Kevin Durant. The, if you're comparing the play style to Kevin Durant, you're putting some expectations on the guy. They're not saying, oh, this guy's gonna be the Brazilian whoever else role player guy. They said Kevin Durant, who at the time was the best guy in the league, like no doubt. So if you're putting that that label on him, you expect him to do something. So we've had we've had guys like that, right? Outside of what? Like who else could we say that? McGrady, like, Carter, right? And like Carter worked out, McGrady worked out, just not Somewhere with us, else. right? Like we've had these guys. Chris Bosh, he did it for us for a while, right? Hall of Famer, but DeRozan. then right, DeRozan, Stoudemire, right? We've had these guys. I most, need, the, a majority of those guys became more or less what you expected them to be. Some, two of them with other teams, mm-hmm. but like. And so I think for me, having guys in the last little while, like I think I, I said it already, that with Siakam being what Siakam has become and how they were talking about him, how they made him the face and like it just he just plateaued. That's what I have in my head. Because I see how similar they were when they were together. Now, now he has time to be the guy by himself without anybody else. Let's see him climb. I need. I want to see him be the guy for more than this like garbage waste of a year rebuild year that we're having. 
Like I want to see this team rising and then him rise because the team he's making the team rise. Like I kind of want to see like the Gilgis Alexander rise. Like he was touted as a talent, a guy that was pretty good as an individual. And then he has continued to climb. And as he's continued to climb, yes, the team has lots of draft picks. They've got a good core. Like that's what I have in my mind for what I want the Raptors to be. I want them to have like an Oklahoma city come up. Well, they're going to need 15 more first round picks for that to happen. Well, they, they got a whole bunch of second rounders. So we're going to have like the baby dick version of that. But that's what I'm waiting for. Like that kind of climb. Yeah. And like Shea's doing it this year. Shea was drafted a year or two before Barnes. So like, right. It's not like, so I'm two years away. I said, I need, I need two seasons. Have the receipts. I'm ready. Like I said, I just want him to be as good as we're saying he's going to be. I don't want it to be. I hope he's as good. Where are his stats this year, anyways? He's he's doing well. I'm not saying he's bad. No, no, I'm just curious for my own self. Scotty Barnes. And the numbers say 20 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. Yeah, that's great. But our team's terrible. Yeah, points could be higher. But twenty-eight and Even six is pretty good for a guy for a third year with no one around him. Yes. Well, that's not even true. Who do they have? I don't know. Quickly and Barrett are good. Sure. But like have, uh, Kelly Linick. No, I don't like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I do not. I can't believe that people are talking about like, giving this guy an extension. Like I don't... yeah, but an extension to be the backup center. Yeah, but like why? Just gets it because like... he has a skill set that they like. They like they like poor good... man Jakob Pertle. No, he's a completely different. He's actually you should like Kolinic because he's exactly everything you hate about Pertle. He's the opposite. That he steps out and he takes the shot. He has he has a shooting range. He passes the ball well. He handles the ball well. He's like the anti Pertle. Yeah, I think we're accumulating these like second tier, third tier Canadian basketball players to f- put butts in seats until they can get the people they actually want. Yeah, I don't think they need to go to that those steps. I don't think anyone gives a shit about Canadian. I don't think having a backup center who's Canadian is going to add one more po- person who's going to come to the game. I look forward to the commercials where we're trotting out Kelly Olynyk. RJ Barrett, I was at, um, what's that fucking juice place called? Booster Juice? Booster Juice, yes. Wow. <laughs> I was at Booster Juice yesterday. RJ Barrett already has a fucking deal with them. Like, two weeks after he got here. Yeah. Probably because he already loved Booster Juice. Probably. He, maybe it was pre-existing. Maybe. I don't remember seeing it before, but I also don't go very often, so. Yeah. I just walked in. He was right there. Big yeah. life size cutout. So I like Scotty Barnes, but I need I need more. Not your hater. I need even more. All right. Should have so, wore your hater hat. I should have. Uh speaking about haters, uh Carl Anthony Towns drops a fifty piece during the All Star game, but in true Carl Anthony Towns fashion, the Western Conference takes the L. So Basically, do the Timberwolves, like, if they want to have playoff success this year, are they just telling Carl Anthony Towns to not score a lot? Because if you do, you lose. Just don't play. Like, hey, if you break 30, 
we got to take you out because we're going to lose if you score more. Um, so yeah, just another Carl Anthony Towns effort. You know what I mean? Like individually pretty good, like 50 is a significant number. Um, but if you're losing, then who cares? Yeah. Um, and so along with that, just like who else puts up great stats in losses? So like I I put two in here, Tony Romo, he famously threw for like five touchdowns and like almost 500 yards maybe against the team. And then they, there's the Broncos and they still lost. So like that's That's all time. That's all time. Uh, Russell Westbrook on any given night, triple doubles and his team loses. So um, another guy with the hero ball. Um, There was another one I looked up, Eli Manning, when he played the New Orleans Saints. He lost 52-49. He threw six touchdowns. Nice. Yeah, another big L. Um, All-time great individual stat. Only person ever to be able to do that. So that's what I was thinking of. Like, who else do we know that, like, just puts up these huge numbers but, like, can't be a winner? Austin Matthews. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. He's on a a big goal scorer's uh, pace this year already. He's, what, got his 49th goal? Something like that. And it's faster than the year he scored 60. But the least are like an eighth right now? Something, I, I don't know. I think I think fifth. Fifth or sixth. Whatever. Still not first. If you got a guy scoring like that, you should be doing better. Yeah, that's that's one for sure. Los Angeles Kings, Wayne Gretzky. They, well, I don't know. They made the Stanley Cup. One time, yeah. Okay. Who else is like that? So many. Pavel Bure scored 60 goals for like a 35-win Panther team. Yeah, so there's there's a bunch, but that just made me think, like, he's just another one of these guys. Another one of these guys that individually... He's, he's just a, such a stupid face. I love watching him lose. <laughs> I hate him so much. Nah, who's a hater now? Yeah, it's fine. Um, speaking of hate... Um, it's me in the dunk contest. Brutal. Something that I used to love. It's so bad. I just saw, the only thing I saw a couple things of Jalen Brown. It's so so bad. Like I can't even dunk. It, Why is he there? It's just all around bad. It's bad. Like I thought it'd be amazing because Jalen Brown's like a big star and he was participating. I'm like that's a big deal. Like good job NBA for getting this guy to be part of the dunk contest. And then he lost to friggin' Mac McClung, two time in a row winner, consecutive. He's not even in the bloody league. And he's winning the dunk contest. That is how bad the NBA dunk contest is now. They got these G League guys competing because no one's competing from the NBA. And if they are, they're garbage at dunks. Yeah, I just it's kept, so bad. I just keep seeing like side by sides, like um, Jalen Brown dunked over like this kid in a chair, and then like yeah, Kyson or whatever his name is. And then fucking you have like uh, Griffin, uh, not Robert. What's the fucking basketball? Blake Griffin, like jumping over a fucking car, or there was one other guy who like yeah, jumped Jaylen over. Brown like, jumped over a car again, didn't he? Oh, I didn't think he did. I th- I saw him jump over that kid in the chair, and that was it. Uh, oh, it was Kai and Kia. They did like a play on words thing. Mm. It's like, oh, Blake jumps over a Kia, Jalen jumps over a Kai. Mm. Like, how many more times can someone jump over somebody? Yeah. It's like, okay. Well, and there's been people who jumped over like seven footers before, and this guy's jumping over a child. Yeah. And then he, he like full out copied someone's dunk. It was supposed to be like a no look dunk, but then he dunked it and then put his arms over his eye instead of like putting his arm across his eyes and then completing the dunk. It was just, yeah, he sucks. He sucks so much. Yeah, it was bad. Um, 
I didn't really care for. I the last time I watched a dunk contest and like was legitimately interested was the Zach Levine Aaron Gordon one. Like that was maybe the best one of all time. That was like eight years ago. Yeah, it was like the best one of all time. Like now, like check in that. for highlights. You can't say that. I I can't you say that. You live in Toronto. You cannot say that one that did not involve Vince Carter was the best one ever. But it was in Toronto. No. So. Doesn't count. Um. I agree to disagree. Um. Yeah. So that's the All Star Weekend. Steph Curry beats Sabrina Ionescu. I thought it was a. They did a one on one three point contest. I thought it was uh, awesome that she shot from the NBA three-point line, and her round tied the winning round that Dame Lillard got. So I thought that was really good for WNBA, really good for women's basketball, and all these women who are coming through the WNBA or college right now, I think it's only going to improve their, their standing in, in basketball to have these kind of crossover events to show, hey, these women are out here playing some serious ball. So I thought that was cool. Speaking of women's basketball, uh, this isn't on the topic list, but it uh, should be noted, or not should even should be noted, but anyways, Caitlin Clark over the weekend or whatever, last week. Ending um, of last week. Yeah. Broke like the all-time college scoring record, uh, I think, all around or just female? Uh, I think it's all around. It might be all around. It's definitely women's, 100%. I think it's, I think it's all around. But it, it might be all around taking it from uh, Kelsey um, Plum. I do take issue with one thing. So she took, she shot from like, I don't know, like 60 feet from like the basket. Like a logo shot, yeah. No, 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 don't say logo. That logo takes up half the fucking court. Hey, a logo's a <laughs> no, logo, man. When Steph Curry or Dame Lillard shoot from the logo, they shoot from where they fucking take the tip off. She was like 15 feet in front of that. I didn't like that. That's the one thing I didn't like. That's yeah. not the logo. When the logo takes up 30% of the court... You don't get to say, oh, it was a logo shot. Was she on the logo? No, she wasn't. She was actually still in front of it. Mm. She was so, in the area of the logo, which this is, is humongous. This is the haters going to hate episode. No, no, no. It's nothing <laughs> against her. It was the way, it was the coverage of it. Actually, um, you know what? It's even her because she made a point of saying, she well, said shot it. from the logo too. Yeah. But yeah. She like also that. did it from like a deep three to like break the record. Yeah. So like she was, That's good. Wait, she was good waiting her. around for that. Great I thought shooter. that was pretty hard. Pretty Great shooter. No problem with that. Don't call it a logo shot unless you're actually shooting from the logo. Well, congrats to you. <laughs> All right. We'll uh, move off the basketball now. Uh, UFC 298 just happened. It was uh, main evented by Alexander Volkanovsky, featherweight champion against undefeated prospect Ilya Tapuria. And uh, second round, Volk got one shot KO'd, slept. It's not really the one shot KO and it's in the second round. No, but like he was doing well. He won the first round. And then he took one shot to the chin and he was unconscious. It was right. not like a, but he a took build like up ten before that. No, like this is what you need to watch it. The guy put like put him down, like lights out. It was not um it was not accumulation. It was uh it was devastating. And uh, there were stats before this that uh, 35 or older in lighter weight divisions um, do not fare well in championship fights. And uh, it was quite ominous that John Anik said it because this guy's been on a historic run. And uh, he said it, and I'm like, ooh, 
that doesn't sound good, especially because four months ago he got head kick knocked out from Islam Makachev. So he came back. Yeah, he got slept. And I, you got to think that th- that's it. This is the decline of Volkanovsky. He lost a, a unanimous decision to Makachev. He beat Rodriguez, featherweight. Then he stepped up short notice, got knocked out, came back, fought for the featherweight crown where he was undefeated and got knocked out. I, I do not see him getting back to the top of the heap. No, those are two pretty close together. I have to imagine that he wasn't even fully healed from the first concussion when he received the second one. But yeah, so and, I wonder uh, if like some time off and like a full recovery, if he takes like eight, ten months to fight again, if it's, maybe he fares better. But and uh, yeah, maybe he will. But I think this is kind of like he's got two fights left in him. If he fights again and he wins. He might get like another big marquee fight. But if he fights again and he loses, he'll get one more fight. And then if he loses that, they're going to be like, hey, man, you need to be one of those show horses, right? Go and help us race some new ones to be the front runners. He'll be on UFC, the UFC show or whatever. Yeah. Um, So it was a little sad to see because he's been good for the organization. He's a good champ. You hate him. Uh, yeah, I don't like him personally, but he's great for the sport. I can separate that for the most part, except for Jake Paul. Um, he sucks. Um, and what were we just talking about? Somebody else, he's like... Anyways, go ahead. Um, so that part's a little, a little tough to see, but it is what it is, man. I think it's the nature of all sports. Time has crept up and caught this guy, and it makes me wonder about um, other people. So, like, John Jones is still going to fight, but will time catch up with him? We'll ne- we won't know because he's fighting a guy who's even older than him, and if he wins or loses, he's going to retire. So we're never going to find out for John Jones. But, like, Israel Adesanya, he's coming off a uh, unanim- unanimous decision loss. He had a KO win before that, but then he was KO'd before that from... Alex Pereira, so like he's on his way out. It it could really, I guess, it also made me really think about these people who have had like sustained success and got to like walk away, like Khabib, undefeated. That's it. Like that's amazing. Yeah. That like he's he got boarding. He's home. like, I'm good. I'm I'm out. George St. Pierre, like yeah, he lost twice, but he avenged those losses. He left. He came back like four years later, won again. He's like, yeah, I'm good now, man. Like this is it for me. Why did he come back? He must have had like a fight left on his contract or something. Uh, he wanted to like say that he won a championship in two divisions because he was a welterweight. And then he came back and fought for the middleweight belt. And like the UFC did him a solid because he was a soldier, right? So Bisping won the belt. He beat Luke Rockhold. And then while he was the champ, Bisping knew that he was sort of like on his victory tour, his goodbye tour. And they like made that fight happen and GSB beat him in new york he got it his belt and then he walked away um but yeah like it just doesn't happen very often like that in sports like especially in fighting but like in other places too um just people who are able to do it for a long time and like not fade away like it's really hard to not have that happen like leaving at like the peak of your power mm-hmm. or like still being seen as really really good so um yeah time waits for no one in sports and uh even the really good ones end up not being so great right at the end. 
a lot of the time, almost all of the time. Kind of like a hard left turn, but speaking of retirement, uh, I saw a video today of uh, Shaq talking to Jason Kelsey, who is now considering retirement from his NFL career. And Shaq was like imploring him to like not mess up his life. Yeah. He was like, I stayed too long and I lost my entire family. And now I, I sleep alone in a hundred thousand square foot house. It's like, just fucking quit. Just go home, be with your family. You have young kids. And like, that's what's important. Not what chasing one more year of whatever the hell you think you have here. I thought that was like, like something you don't normally hear from athletes like because they're so concentrated on doing whatever they can and what you hear more often is how much they miss it once like how hard it was to quit and how much like it fucks them up to not have something to do like or not have that like structure or whatever after they retire it was like a enlightened moment from from Shaq yeah I thought that was good I think that he's also had some time to grow and have some perspective right like I think he talks about Kobe Bryant all the time. So I think that the Kobe Bryant dying so shortly after he retired was very, very impactful on Shaq's perspective because he like everyone thought that Kobe would have all this time. And I think that's impacted Shaq now on top of his own life experiences. Cause yeah, mm-hmm. he played for like 800 different teams after Miami for what? Yeah. He went to Cleveland. He dragged his family to Cleveland. Early. Boston, Phoenix, right? Like, he played in a bunch of these places. Like, had, why are you here? He had, like, five titles already, hundreds of millions of dollars. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. What do you need this for? And so, uh, nice vulnerable uh, moment from Shaq. I think it makes sense. I, I think it's also kind of cool that, like, he's stepping into, like, this mentor role where, like, Shaq really wasn't a mentor. Like, he's not known for that, I mean, whether he did or did not. Um, he's done a lot of work around like, w- like walking through his thought process as a player, walking through why he treated people the way that he treated them. Like he's had time to reflect and he's being reflective now. So that's a cool moment for sure. But yeah, let's, uh, let's keep it moving. You love Boston sports teams. <laughs> You're going to watch all these documentaries. I'm not. And so, uh, they're, is one out on Apple TV right now about the New England Patriots dynasty. And two more have been uh, greenlit. Apparently there's going to be like, uh, what do they call that football one? The behind the scenes show they do on the NFL uh, network. No, I don't know. Whoever does it, the, I don't know the name of it. I'm not gonna. I can't help you this time. You do know it. I'm just. I'm not probably explaining. Anyways, there's gonna be like a behind the scenes Netflix show of the Boston Red Sox, who are fucking dreadful, uh, and nobody cares about outside of Boston. And um, there's also like a Last Dance style, like taping of the Celtics going on right now. That's eventually gonna come out at some point. Like for this season. Yeah. Like. But and why? I can't, that's what. That's my question. That's why I said, "Who is asking for these documentaries?" But like nobody. I thought, I thought maybe it'd been like the year that the Celtics won with like Kevin Garnett. Like anything no, they're is hoping possible. that this turns into that. But I it's guess. not. They're not going to win. No, they suck. They're 
Look, they don't suck, but they're not going to win. No. Not with that iteration of the Celtics. There's no way they're winning. Yeah, I agree. So that's so why I'm, I'm wondering, like, why, who, who wants this? Like, Boston, well, clearly Boston owners. teams are so unlikable, and their fans are so, like, um, so hard to root for that, like, why, why, who outside of Boston is going to watch any of this? The, like the everyone who lo- like these Boston teams. Everyone loves Michael Jordan or is interested by Michael Jordan. So you put out a, a documentary about the 90s Bulls. Every single person who has ever watched basketball is going to watch that. Who the fuck does anyone care about on the Celtics? Nobody likes Jason Tatum. Nobody likes Jason Brown. Jalen. Whatever. Fuck him. It's close. <laughs> I started thinking about Porzingis while I was saying Jalen Brown. I know it's not named Jason. I'm just saying I got distracted. Yeah, yeah. Um, you don't like Jason Tatum? I don't know. He's like he's nothing. He's vanilla. He's, yeah, he's, he's. I would say he's plain. He's boring. He's just there. Yeah, that's. He's a I, fine I player, but nobody cares about him. There. You, okay, I'm like, like who hates Jason Tatum? Nobody. Who nobody loves cares, Jason Tatum. Yeah, nobody cares about the people Jason in Tatum. Boston. Don't love Jason Tatum. Yeah, they really like Marcus Smart, and then they traded him. It's because he had his hair green. I think Jason Tatum has to dye his hair green. That's how you become cool as a Boston Celtic. Yeah. Larry Bird dyed his hair green, so. <laughs> no, he didn't. I just made all that up for sure. Um, yeah, nobody. I don't want these for sure. Um, it would make sense, like, the year that the Red Sox won the World Series, if they were documenting that, like, after – However many years, 80-something years. 98 years, I think. Whatever, like a long, long time. Right? The curse of the of the Bambino. Bambino. Yeah. That would that would be cool. I could watch that. That makes sense to me. But this new stuff, no. No one cares. Um, the Celtics stuff, same thing. Anything is possible. That should be the name of it. <laughs> um, I would watch that. Because I almost like the Celtics because Kevin Garnett was there. I was just so happy for Kevin Garnett. Yeah. who languished in Minnesota being the big ticket wow. in that garbage-ass market with Sam Cassell and Wally Serbiak. He languished, but he also took up like 50% of the cap. So yeah. Like it made it hard to build the team around him. But. I don't know, man. You, you had these guys there. You could have got other guys, and they just put alien face Sam Cassell. <laughs> okay. And Wally Serbiak. The fact that those are the guys. And what's the other guy's name? The Trell Sprewell eventually. Yeah. Okay? But, like, this is post-choking Carly Simo Sprewell. So, um, I was happy for Kevin Garnett. Yeah. And then it was just very very fitting that he was the guy then said anything is possible. Because that's something I love saying. So, thank you, Kevin Garnett. I I saw a meme or whatever today. That said that the that Celtics team might be the best team all time because what other team has had to fight from the disadvantage of having Doc Rivers as a coach and won? Mm. And I thought that was very funny. That is very funny. <laughs> oh yeah. Well Hey, maybe Milwaukee wins this year and he just rides off in the sunset. Oh, yeah, that fucking two and fifteen start really getting them getting the juices going. Yeah, get the losses out of the way now so that when he gets to the playoffs it's just gonna win. They went from being like two games out of first to now being closer to the play-in than they are to first place. But they're playing better defense. I don't think that's true. That's why he's there, to fix the defense. So 
he's got them playing better defense. Sarcasm dripping. Um, yeah, that's a. They should do documentary for Doc Rivers. Yeah, it, that's a winning. Is the name of that winning time? <laughs> oh man! All right, so we're gonna just get out of the sports uh, arena for a moment here. Um, so we have this completely fabricated, made-up holiday called not, Family Day. Not only is it fabricated, it was implemented to make everyone forget about the billion dollars that was wasted on a power plant that never happened. Yeah. And so to make up for that, we have this holiday in February called family day. So during the worst time of the year where you like, don't really want to go outside and do anything. You're saying be with your family. So for me, this is wonderful because I love my family, but I can only imagine that like, if you're in a spot where like, that's not a great day, like, yeah, be together during like the doldrums of winter that that sounds wonderful. Um, so we opened up like super bitter, but, uh, it also like, you'll hear it in my gratitude that it was actually a really good weekend. Um, but yeah, it just got me thinking like, so like family day, like, are you like trying to build traditions on this day? Is it just like a random day that you get off and then you're like, yep, it's off. I'm just going to do whatever I need to do on this day. Like, is there something that like you've now started on family day? That you didn't think you would have started? Not particularly. It's <clears throat> We've treated it pretty much like any other long weekend. Just extra time to not be at work and be at home with the kids. We tried to we tried to go so the ROM was free today. We tried to go there. And we got there. And from like the circle around you know there's it's not quite a traffic circle but there's like a the road is gets separated on york as you go in front of queen's park Mm -hmm. from like where the road meets back up on the north side all the way to bloor there is a two-way line so there is people coming from bloor down to where that is and then you take a turn and you go back up to where the rom is it's like canada's wonderland it was like a trillion people there, so we just kept driving <laughs> right up to the 401 and back to Mississauga, and we got ice cream instead. But yeah, so that was most of our day. All right. Uh, yeah. My uh, actual family day involved Evelyn going to her grandmother's, and Ron was at her dad's, so it was nice. just Lindsay and me. So he went and saw a movie. Um, we saw One Love, Bob Marley. You didn't go see Madame Web? I'm never seeing that movie. Stop so making bad. Spider-Man movies, Sony. Stop it. Stop putting Dakota Johnson in movies. Just like, I don't even care that it's Dakota Johnson. Like, whatever, man. But like, stop finding these, like, weird, like, crappy attachments to Spider-Man that no one cares about. Like, you already tried it with Mobius. Garbage. Try to do it with Craven the Hunter. Garbage. Madame Web, like, in the comics, Madame Web's like an old ass lady not dakota johnson i get why you went younger i get it people who are doing the uh the public relations and the marketing for this but like this is a bad movie the moment i saw it i'm like why did we do this and by we we i mean sony picture studios why did you do this it's getting destroyed it should it's ridiculous apparently the main villain 
all of they like re-recorded all of his lines and just like threw them on top of the video so like it looks like you like horrible anime dub get out of here that's what the that's what the creators like the movie creators that i follow are all saying like i've seen it multiple times yeah so no one's seeing that um but yeah, I'm going to steer it back now that we've got <laughs> on this Madam Web segue. Um, so just to move beyond family day, do you have family traditions like either in your like immediate family or in your original OG family, like traditions that have happened that you want to continue and pass on? Are you like, yeah, I like this. I need this to continue. Not really. We're not really like... But like the few things that like we did do that were like, like we used to every Victoria day weekend go camping with my OG family. Mm -hmm. But that even like that slowed down all the people that like spearheaded that endeavor are like ancient now and can't sleep on the ground and shit like that. So that kind of fell by the wayside and nobody's really picked it back up. Um, I don't know. Like we're kind of, boring ass people we don't have like cool traditions or anything i'm assuming you have a couple yeah not really like i i try to think about this too and like things that i grew up doing so like i grew up like my dad took me to wrestling events at maple leaf gardens like i'm not taking my girls to wrestling they're not into it so that makes no sense um my mom like she took me to like a bunch of like west indian picnics and like that kind of stuff like yeah i think i'm trying to maintain that for the girls because i want them to see that that's part of their their background and like part of like my upbringing and part of their upbringing is influenced through that um so like the so the meals that's a good tradition that's continued so like now like both girls love like roti and curry and like which is not something i loved growing up as a kid but it's also because i wanted different food because that's what I always saw other people eating. So I think that's cool. That, like that's a tradition that like where I'm passing on like through me. I'm not like as active in that because Lindsay learned how to make all that stuff, which is awesome. Um, that's definitely a part of it. Um, yeah, it's mostly that. It's just like trying to maintain like Guyanese influence in the family because I don't want that to be lost. Like I know that it will be in like two generations depending on how family life continues. But like, yeah, like while I'm around, I want that to be focused on. Um, family traditions I don't want to pass on. That was the next question. Um, just like obscure food combinations. So my mom is like the queen of obscure food combos. Like I grew up where like she made macaroni with ground beef and like frozen vegetables, like all mixed together. Ground beef sounds fine. Like, it, but like there's no sauce it was kind of like oily not like it over oiled it's just like greasy from the meat i'm assuming you know what i'm gonna defend her i can see that being if you put like the right so if you get like some thinly sliced bell pepper and some onion and did that happen years later first it was just like green giant but if it's just frozen like, yeah if it's just like vegetables. if you find like whatever you have in the freezer and we're starting throwing in i can see where there's a little off like this is a weird combination. Yeah. So that, but like, I don't know. There's lots of pastas that are just like oil for sauce. Yeah. Anyway. So it was, it was a weird combo. Like I remember being like, what's for dinner? She's like, yeah, I made this macaroni. Like, what's the name of this meal? 
It's macaroni. It's, it's I had some shit I needed to get cooked. Okay. Yeah. So that's that was the meal. Um, she did like beans, like canned beans with chicken and rice. And like I grew up eating that like all the time. That's why. What's wrong with that? It's just an odd combo. That's what I'm talking about. Why it's a combination. It odd? What's odd about? I don't get it. What's Have you had it? beans and rice before? Uh, maybe you're talking about like a specific beans and rice. No, like dish canned or, beans. Yeah, like kid, like red kidney beans and, and like white rice. Of, okay, and like chicken. on top, on top of each other. Yes. I probably would have put the chicken on the rice and the beans on the side, so but it's all it all ends up combination. It all ends up I'm in the same at. place. Odd combination is what <laughs> I'm getting at. So that's something I'm not passing. Uh, you're on. slandering your mom here. I don't, I'm not going to stand yep. for it. So. Well, she'll appreciate that for whenever <laughs> she listens to this podcast. Um, what about yourself? Any like traditions or things that you grew up in? Like, I'm definitely not continuing this. It's not really. Nothing like sticks out as like something that was like, oh, this definitely always happened. Like. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry, I don't have a ton to contribute. To yeah. That, so. Um, yeah, so that was definitely one of the weird food combinations. Um, other things, like, I definitely just, like, don't participate in things I don't want to participate in, where, like, I feel like I went to lots of those things as a kid. Like, I was I was dragged to, and then, like, later found out that, like, my mom ne- didn't necessarily want to do it. I'm like, then why are we doing this? And so, like, I just don't do that now. I just don't go to things I don't want to go to. Yeah, I think that's something that's like society is actually starting to figure out. Like, why force yourself into these situations you want to be in? Your life will be much happier if you just do what you want to do instead yeah. of doing what you think you have to do. All right, and then the last part that maybe you'll be able to contribute to: um, Do you see cool family traditions that other families do? And you're like, yeah, that's cool. I would like to try that. I'm sure there are, but I can't think of any off the top of my head. Like, <clears throat> I don't know, like. I like to love. I'd love to be able to like take my family on vacation, but that's not really a tradition. Well, I guess for some people it is, but um, like you go to like that same cottage every year, that would be a yeah, tradition. I guess that's true. It's... Right, and versus going to a new place every time. Yeah. What about you? Um, I think it's just like part of it for me is that like having kids, it's hard to do some of the things that I see traditions for, like the kids need to be older and then like, yeah, that would be cool. Like whether it's like going to the same event, like an event that's like more fun than like some kid focused one. Not that every kid focused event is crappy, but sometimes they're crappy. Um, so I think like I'm a family of four, so the girl's a little bit older, like going golfing. I think that's cool. Like that would be a cool tradition to do like with the family. Um, just doing like experiential things in that way. Like we do apple picking every year. Like it's nice for the kids, but like when they get older, like, are they going to go apple picking? I don't know. May probably not. Yeah. They could probably find apples for much cheaper anywhere else right but like we do it for them to have this experience like with their 
family, like us yeah. and like our friends and all that kind of stuff that we do it with, like the Christmas tree farm. Like, yeah, that's a tradition that they we have. They didn't even bring that up. What the hell? Yeah, but that's like, I was thinking more of like my original family. Like, like, yeah, we're like Lindsay and I, like Lindsay in particular, like she's very good at like having that stuff. So like the Christmas tree cutting, yes, that's a tradition that we do. Um, like we have stockings. I didn't grow up with stockings. So like that's a big deal to me. Yeah, we do that too. Right? So like that's a tradition. Like whether big or small, it is one. Like that's what my kids are going to see and like remember. Mm-hmm. Um so th- seeing things that like other families do, I think that's that's one is like like being active together, doing something like that together. That's the kind of tradition I would like to continue. Like Hogel, he when he's here, like him and his brother and his parents go golfing. Like that's what made me think of it. I'm like, that's cool. Like that would be really fun. Yeah. I think that would be a ton of fun to be out for a day in the sun, doing something active, spending time with people, and it's already like together. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. Um, I kind of already do this like with Rowan. Like I've like inflicted my love of Marvel and Star Wars onto her. So like now she's into that stuff. So like we can go see those movies together. And like I'm pushing it down Evelyn's throat. Like she's watched Star Wars now. So like I'm trying to like build this in them or like I've shown Rowan Catan now. So I'm like, okay, like, yes, let's go like be part of this. I'm making this a thing. Um, So anything like that, that I see others do, I would like that or things that I like and I'm like, Hey, let's make this a thing because then like I get to do something I enjoy and like I get you to enjoy it too. So that's kind of where I was thinking about what, what I do, like what my family does and then like what other families do. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool. So like we go tobogganing, like if we had got ourselves together and that, that'd be a cool winter thing to do on family day weekend. Yeah. We went, Friday and Saturday. Right, so that's cool. Um there's actually snow on the ground for once, so Yeah. Like get the hell out there and do it. Yeah. And just like I think documenting family life. I think in whatever way that happens, like tradition like as a tradition, I think that's pretty cool, pretty important. So like our friend, she does photos for us every year, so we get to document like another life like another year in our life. And that's really cool. And like that's kind of become a tradition and like super appreciative of that. But yeah, like it's things like that. I'm like, okay, like we are doing a bunch, but you don't really think about it as a tradition because it's just like you you living your life. Right. So that's what made me bring this up for family day. It was just like, what are people doing on family day? What would they consider just like another long weekend? Or is that a tradition? So that's it. Family day. All right, so we've got to that time, Dave. I'm ready. You ready for these grievances? I am. All right. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about it. Uh, I'm going to go first. I'm just going to get out of the way. Sandwich me in the middle. Yeah, I figure yours are are worth to be uh, combined in that way. All right, so... um, we looked to book. We got COVID boosters. Why did we get them? Because we work in schools. Cheap. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, we work in schools. We have been around where a couple of people have disclosed that they have COVID. Rowan got COVID recently. So 
We're like, let's just, why not have a lair during this time? And uh, we also got flu shots. So we just did both on the same day. Um, that's not the grievance. The grievance is the annoying booking system that was involved um, at the local drugstore that will be remaining nameless. You know how you can avoid that, right? Just never get shots, yeah. But I don't, I, I don't live that life. Um, so basically, they tell us that for Evelyn's, because she's getting half dose, you can't book in a half dose. So just show up, and they'll be able to do that. Can't book it. What the fuck is the difference how big of a dose you're getting? Because they have, they have adult doses. I understand, but you're booking an appointment time. Yes, and so when we put in the information, like her information comes up that she is not an adult, right, or able to receive adult dose. So we call, like, yeah, like you can't because of her age, and it's dependent on if we have doses. And we're like, okay, well, do you have doses on this day? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, so like, how do we book that? Like, just you're calling and you've let us know. We're like, okay, great. So we show up. So yeah, gonna... yeah, yeah. Don't. And we get there and they go, oh, we don't have that. And go, then why did you tell us a week ago that you did? Because this is, and then you can see like a pharmacist in the back kind of be like, like turn their head away. I'm like, oh, it's that person. We spoke with that person, (laughs) obviously. (laughs) Because like, (laughs) because obviously that person is like, oh, like I got caught. (laughs) Because why would you say something so stupid? And like Lindsay was like, this makes no sense. And, like, that's what we were told. Like, there's not a way. Like, this is the way. This is to show up with her and we'll get it sorted out. And they're like, oh, we don't have any of those. Then like, why did you tell us you were going to? Oh, because we thought we did. Then why didn't you, like, put one away? Because we're asking to make this happen. So that's my grievance. Is that someone was just, like, screwing around, not want to do their actual job. And gave us the bogus information. And so then Evelyn couldn't get one of her shots. I think your grievance is even misplaced. Why can you not? Why is this booking? Why does it matter how much of a dose you're getting? First of all, they know they're administering this to children. So why aren't they making children's sized doses? Why aren't they just like doing half doses? But secondly, that's why can't. They're looking to do half dose. No, I know, but why aren't they packaging it that way so you have some specifically for children? And then, because worst case scenario, you know what? If you're running low, take two half doses and make a full dose. Like, it's not that fucking complicated. And then, why can you not, like, again, you're booking an appointment time. And, I guess, putting aside dosages for those. So, why does it matter what dose you're getting? Yeah. So I'm glad this has now become your grievance as well. Um, yeah, all of it was annoying. Um, also, like when you book a time, do you expect to have it done at the time you book? Well, I know to not expect that, but you should be able to expect that. Yeah. So like we're there. We've checked in like, oh, yeah, you did all the stuff online that you could have. Like, yeah. Like, OK, great. Have a seat. 20 minutes later. I'm like, like the guy saw the guy get up and like walk over and prepare everything. I'm like. Why? There was nobody else there. It wasn't lined up. Oh, you weren't even waiting for other people. No. So, like, why didn't you prep this stuff for the time that we have booked it for? Like, that makes no sense. And so the the whole setup was annoying. That's my grievance. Goddamn shopper's drug mart. 
As if you gave them, I, 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 they're nameless. I confirm nor deny this local <laughs> drugstore. You kind of confirmed. All right, let's go to your let's go to your grievance gratitude <clears throat> combo. So, um, we recently we got a dog months ago. I'm sure I've talked about it before. I can't remember for sure, but always glowingly. Yeah. Um, always with love. We've come to the determination a little while ago that. Um, walks are not enough. He needs to run. So we started once we kind of like felt things out and we were confident that he was going to be uh, good with other dogs. We started like regularly taking him to the dog park. And so on weekends when I'm home, I take that on myself. So I spend like eight out, literally eight hours over this four day weekend um, at the dog park. And three of the four times I went, I ran to this person who I've seen there before. Uh, it's this super obnoxious dog trainer who brings his dog to the park just so he can trot his dog through the park and yell commands at it in front of everyone and everyone ooh and ah over how well behaved he is. He's doing like dumb shit, like making him sit on top of a fucking table and things of that nature just so that people will come up to him and be like, man, your dog's so well-trained. How did you do that? It's like, funny you should ask. I have a dog training business. And as much as I understand why he would do it, I personally find it annoying. And that's my grievance. It's just his presence at the dog park and his screaming at the top of his lungs that you can hear on the other side of the fucking, like, 300-acre park. It's annoying. Yeah. Have you considered asking him that if his dog will listen if he stops yelling? No, I today. That's I, he, how you get him, right there. So, like, does your dog only respond? Do all the dogs you train only respond to yelling, or can you use a quieter voice and then see if he can do it? And if he does it, what if you do it quieter? And then what if you do it only with hand signals? And then you train him, <laughs> and that's how it's friggin' done. Train the trainer. Every time you give him like a Timbit. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, I was telling John before we started. So John met me there, um, which is actually part of something else. But um, as he was leaving, somebody um, that Alicia sees at the dog park, she normally takes him to during the week, showed up and we were kind of talking to them for a bit. And I started talking shit about this guy. And then he's like, oh, yeah, that I take my dog to that trainer. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> great guy. <laughs> Does a great job. Very he's well. A, very well behaved dog. Here's a Timbit. Um, the gratitude is that while John was there. Um, <laughs> it was perfect. I, I, I just kind of turned around at exactly the right time. This He was like walking backwards doing some stupid dog training thing that he thought he was doing. And these dogs fucking zoomed right behind him and took him out. And he fucking fell on his ass. Yeah, his whole back was covered in like cold, clumped together sand. Like yeah. he was dirty. Yeah. Like he, could, he was not coming clean. He couldn't just like wipe it off. And, and try to play it off with some stupid comment. Yeah. And that was awesome. That's literally my gratitude. Um, secondarily, um, after having a couple dogs who... Uh, Roxy, I actually don't know why 
we she was like like she was the way she was with other dogs other than uh alicia and parents dog and our other dog um you can really like trust her around all the other dogs like she wasn't great at the dog park she was kind of like standoffish and then rusty actually like i know he there was a specific incident that we handled poorly and dictated how the rest of his life was going to go with other dogs and um yeah, so it's just nice having, like, a dog. Like, I can I can take him there, and I can have him around Mowgli, and, like, hopefully I can have him around our other friends, other dogs. And I just, like, know that, like, he's cool. Nothing's going to happen. Like, he's never – all the dogs I've seen him interact with, I've never seen him, like – like, there's been dogs he's walked up to, like, oh, cool, you're not for me, and he left. In, like, the few months that we've been taking him, like, pretty much every single day, He's never like met a dog that he's like had a problem with. No, he was so. pretty good, man. Just lots of energy. Yeah, lots, like a lot, lots of energy. So yeah, it's just nice because like you're saying, you you came and you met us there, and it was cool to hang out and do that. And now we know like we can have you over and your dog, or if Andrew and his dogs come over, whatever, we can know that like things are gonna go okay. Whereas in the past, like we took Rusty to like the to the cottage that. Like we rented the cottage from Andrew's parents one time, and we took uh, Rusty with us. And like, Bow, I think it was Bowerth, I can't remember. One of Andrew's dogs was there, and like they couldn't be together. Or like actually, I had to like run across. I had Rusty tied to the rocks at the back mm-hmm. in the shade, and like I had to like run across the beach and stop him from like fighting some dog. And now I just like don't have to. Well, for the most part, that. I don't have to worry about that shit. Yeah, that's good. It's always good to have. It's like that's the kind of stuff that people don't tell you about with like pet ownership, specifically dog ownership. It's like for every like story you hear about like good dogs and like dogs are just awesome. Like there are stories where like dogs aren't great with mm-hmm. people or other dogs or both. And then like that really impacts your life because like you can't just like not take care of your dog. And then like, yeah, it means like you're not going places or you are, but like it's un such a short timeline because you need to be back for your dog right. or you got to like plan for your dog, have someone take care of your dog, step like show up and walk your dog, feed your dog, let your dog out. All of those things. You want to go on vacation? You got to find a place for your dog to go. Like there's a lot of stuff that like people don't tell you about because I don't know. They think it's a deterrent. Maybe I don't know. I just don't think about it. But like when we got Mowgli. Mowgli is an awesome dog, but like, man, when we got to do stuff and we're like, oh, no, can't do that because we got a dog. Oh, you want us to stay over for the night? Can we bring the dog in the crate? Yeah, cool. No? All right, can't stay. Or like talking to people like, oh, can you take the dog? Like just way more than that. Yeah. And like we got him as like a puppy. So like training your dog young so they're not a jerk when they're an adult. Right. And like you get to see that in a bunch like at the dog park. I was there and stupid Nelson friggin nelson will not leave mowgli alone and the owner is yelling across the field for the dog to come the dog's recall is garbage got an e-collar that e-collar is doing nothing so what did i do i walked mowgli with me towards the owner so that the owner who can't walk two feet could get his dog like you have you should be able to do better and he's like oh he's just a puppy like then train your dog do a better job now so you don't have 10 years of this, but I don't know 
if everybody's willing to do the hard work early. So dog life. All right, my turn. Gratitude. Uh, mine's just a classic gratitude for me. It's family day weekend. So got a bunch of family time in. Um, got a bunch of like just Lindsay and me time. So that was great. Um, went to my mom's for dinner Saturday night. Introduced her to Ticket to Ride. So I played Ticket to Ride. I got a W, which nice. is rare because I do not do well in that game. Rowan didn't come? No, she was. I know. There's <laughs> a big asterisk. And when I won, I said that. I'm like, this game's got a big asterisk on it because if Rowan was here, I'd probably go to have my ass whooped because she beats us all the time consistently by a lot. Like, that's her game. Um, so that was really nice to spend time there. Like, my sister was there with her boys. So that's always good. Um, Evelyn slept over. So then we got home, we had a night to ourselves. So that was nice. And then the next morning we had to ourselves and we had people over. We had um, our mothers, Lindsay's sister and her family, Lindsay's aunt and uncle. Um, and Evelyn stayed with my mom until she came for dinner. So we had like a morning. We, we had coffees and like watched a movie. It was weird. It was nice, but it was weird. Cause like, I don't know the last time that's happened. Right? So did that, that was really good. And then everyone came over that afternoon, that evening. We played Settlers, and I won. Nice. So double double game win for me. That felt really good. Uh, I got to play uh, Elden Ring for a bit, made progress there. I didn't feel like a loser getting killed every 10 seconds, so that was also a win. And uh, saw you at the dog park. You invited me out, and I was telling you, like, yeah, like, I don't always love getting out early in the morning, but like once I'm out, it's awesome. And like the dog makes me do that. So that was good. And, uh, by early in the morning, he means like eight 30. This wasn't like, I was calling him at six o'clock. Hey, let's go. No, nah, that's early, man. That's early. <laughs> don't let people, uh, drag down what you consider early in the morning early. Okay. That was early. I was awake, but it was early. And I assumed you were, I know Evelyn gets, yeah, up yeah. Early, like so I was, I was awake, like, but I'm like, yeah, this is early. I got out there. Um, yeah, and then today, Evelyn spent time with her grandmother, so that's cool, and that allowed us a space to go and see another movie. So <laughs> we watched a movie at home. We saw Maestro. It's the movie about Leonard Bernstein, the composer-conductor guy who did West Side Story. Bradley Cooper directed. He's nominated for an Oscar. That's why we watched it. It was good. And then we watched One Love, Bob Marley Today. Not nominated for an Oscar. Um, Is it eligible this year? I don't know, Or it'll man. be next year. Anyway, it's not going to. Oh, okay. Like, it wasn't bad. a bad movie. No? It's just not an Oscar movie. But it was good. Happy to have seen it. I like his music, so it was cool to, like, hear it while also explaining a portion of his life. And that's my gratitude. Quality family day weekend. Did it. Yeah. Congrats. Okay. Thanks for listening. Bye.